This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike Mobley. I'm one of the pastors here. Hello, Bascom. Yes, thank you. You're going to keep waving until I wave back at you, I can tell. Uh, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I'd love to be able to do that today after the service. Um, and just to let you know before we get started, before we kind of get into this, we have some Bibles there in the back. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, uh, you're going to want one. So either uh, use yours, your phone, and Stephen will be more than happy to give them out to you. And keep it. It's our gift to you, not just because of COVID, but really we want to give you a gift uh, of the Bible. We just want the copy of the scriptures in everyone's hands. Um, I can kind of already tell this is the first time I've been preaching with masks on. So this is, a, this is a new experience. I can only see your eyes, and I'm big on, like, facial interaction. So thank you. Uh, maybe we shouldn't take them off right now. That's, that's a bad situation. So I'm just going to assume by your eye reactions, everything I'm saying is perfectly making sense. It's the greatest thing you've probably ever heard. And so whether your eyes move or not, it looks like it's all working well. So thank you in advance for your eye participation. Uh, we've been in a series called, the past couple weeks, called The Fullness of Life. And Corey's done a great job kind of starting to unpack that. And we were here as a church, uh, as Austin Life Church, to love God, love others, and lead all people to the fullness of life in Jesus. We believe out of John 10, 10, uh, the scriptures say, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. We believe the, wait, yeah, that's the verse. Yeah, there we go. Okay, just kidding. Again, the eye participation is working out great. No, we, we talk about that verse a lot. We've talked about John 10, 10 a lot. We believe abundant life is found in Jesus. But there's another part of that verse that I want to pay a little bit more attention to this morning. The one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. And it's our enemy, which is Satan. And so I understand we're all at different places this morning. So whether you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you just started following him a couple weeks ago, and maybe you don't even follow him today, we live in a world that the Bible says is temporary. That this is not our permanent home here. It's, it's a world where there's sin everywhere we look. We can look at the news in two seconds and can kind of see that, um, ever since Adam and Eve. And it's also a spiritual world. We don't really always take a lot of attention for that. Um, it's a spiritual world even right here in this room, but it's hard for us to remember that because we can't see it. Just our eyes aren't open to see kind of what's happening all around us. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Later on in Ephesians, God tells us we have to take up the full armor of God, that we actually need armor, like going into battle. There's a lot of armor we actually need against the enemy. And we don't have time right now to kind of unpack all that. That could be maybe in your own time with the Lord or in your community group. But all the pieces of armor are really more of a defensive kind of a piece. And so it clearly is saying we need a lot of defense if we're going to take the spiritual world seriously. But we get one offensive weapon, and it's called the sword of the Spirit, and that's the Bible. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. We're going to talk about the Bible We've been making the case that the fullness of life is found 
in Jesus, why following Jesus is better than anything we can imagine. And so what we're going to talk about today is the power of God's Word and how to actually apply it to our lives. So it's going to be a little bit different this morning. It's going to be really practical, a little bit shorter than maybe what we're used to. Uh, So I know no one's going to be upset if it's like 20 minutes or so. Um, But so that's kind of what we're going to focus on. So turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. This is kind of our anchor verse uh, for the morning. So it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So this right here is saying our offensive weapon, right, the sword of the Spirit, all of it, 100% of it is all breathed out by God. Okay, not just 50%, not just the passages we like or the ones that are a little bit harder, not 98%, 100% of the Bible is breathed out by God. It's our authority as a church and as Christians. It guides us in everything that we do. It gives us wisdom. It gives us direction. It gives us correction at times, even though we may not always like that. And it's all in an effort to complete us and equip us for every good work. So why in the world is it so hard to read the Bible? I think if we could take a poll of everyone in here and, or in the overflow, if you're watching online, pretty sure most hands would raise if I said, do you have a hard time reading the Bible on a consistent basis? It's so difficult. Thank you, Brandon, in the back. I saw that hand go up. That's nice. It's, it's so challenging. We can, we can do so many things with our time, and honestly, we ingest more information today, probably thanks to technology, than we ever have before. So clearly, we have the capacity for content. It's not a capacity issue. We can handle reading the Bible every day. There's something more there. Because, just stay with me here, when you sit down and open up the Bible, and you're like, okay, today's the day. It's Monday. It's the beginning of the week. We're going to start new rhythms. I'm going to focus. I'm going to read. Here we go. It's happening. And then, bam! Like, something happens every time. The phone rings or notification pops up or just your mind wanders off. It's, it feels so insurmountably hard to just open it up and just start reading. And I, th- I think there's a reason for that. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's so challenging for us to do that. Just think about this. Make an intentional effort today, maybe this afternoon or starting tomorrow. If you can just stop and kind of get outside of yourself and watch what happens. Just take stock of it. So I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read the Bible and take notice of what distractions just start flooding in at that time. It really lines up to just to prove how, how much of a spiritual battle we're in. And so this kind of may be a little discouraging because it feels so hard and we're kind of trudging through this, but there's a really cool thing to think about on the flip side of this, that if it's such a battle— well, then imagine how powerful the word is when we do read it. There's a reason it's such a battle. The enemy wouldn't try to stop us every day on reading the Bible if it wasn't that powerful and important for us. So I would hope everyone would be encouraged today to go, man, if I can just get in there and have time with God and read the Bible, things change. And, sh- and some of you have experienced that. I mean, life change can happen in an instant, in a moment that you're reading the word. It's living and it's active. So I want to talk about this morning, kind of practical, we'll take some notes here in just a second, 
I want to talk about just a simple method on how to read and apply the Bible. So I want to model it for us practically right here. I'm going to show you how that works. And then take this with you. You don't have to do this exact same method. You can have your own method. It's all great. This is just kind of a more popular one. It's pretty simple. And apply it to your own Bible reading. Because sometimes, I know it's hard to get started, but we also get intimidated. We, we think, okay, I can't understand this. I don't even know what to do. The best thing to do on any kind of a blockage of just reading is just get started. Read anything. Any of the spiritual disciplines, whether it's reading the Word, praying, journaling, I mean, solitude, being still for more than five seconds, which is so hard for us. All those things are so difficult to do, but if you just get started, it starts getting a little bit easier day by day. Getting started is the hardest part. That's where the enemy's going to come in and just stop you. You notice how powerful that is. So we're going to talk about this. So the method is called the REAP method. So R-E-A-P. So it's called the REAP method. It stands for Read, Examine, Apply, Pray. Some of you may have heard this before. There's plenty of them out there. We're just going to talk about this one this morning. Read, examine, apply, pray. And so read, meaning you actually have to read the Bible. So it actually has to take place. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, correct you, train you as you prepare to read, but you actually have to read it. You can listen to it as well, for those of you who are listeners, but read the Bible. Examine, meaning after you read, take some time to actually reflect on what it is you're reading. Don't just move on in two seconds. Think about what the author is meaning and what the context is of the passage. Apply, meaning after you read and examine, now apply it to your life. What do you need to change in your life that lines up with Scripture, the passage that you're reading? Where are you being affirmed? Maybe by the Holy Spirit, and then maybe where, where are you being convicted? And then what are your next action steps after that? And the last one, pray. So you've read it, you've examined it, you've applied it, or you've started developing a plan of action for that, and now pray. Pray through the passage and what God would have you do next. Ask God to actually change you to be more like Christ and to protect you from the evil one as you grow more as a follower of Jesus. So that's the REAP method. Read, examine, apply, pray. So let's apply it here to a passage. Uh, this would be a great time if you, if you are a note taker to take some notes. We have a new fancy worship guide here you see in your seat from our very own Erica Wright. I feel like we should clap for Erica Wright in this moment for making our guide. Thank you, Erica. She now officially hates me. So uh, if you take that, you can get this digitally. You can make notes on your own, um, however it is you roll here. So we've been going through Revelation in our community group. And so pro tip, it's Revelation, not Revelations. There's no plural, no S on the end. Revelation, singular. And we just finished up this area. So I want to take a passage out of that and then use the REAP method with it. And by the way, I know as soon as I just said Revelation, some of you might have been like, oh, geez, what are we about to do here? So, but be encouraged. Revelation 1.3 says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it. So we're in good hands. We don't need to be afraid of no Revelation book. It's all good. So anyways, okay, Revelation chapter 3, 15 through 16. That's the one we're going to use the read method here. It's really practical says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So you're right. Ew. Yep. 
So that is not necessarily the most uplifting verse. I get that at first glance, mind you. I know some of you may already be aware of this. You've heard about this before a little bit. Maybe lukewarm. Just hang with me here for a second. Let's pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to read it again. Okay? God, we need you. We need you to give us wisdom. Give us wisdom and discernment to understand what your word says for us right now this morning. Teach it to us. Open up our hearts and our minds for it. And show us how you want us to apply this to our lives uh, right now and as we leave today. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So we've prayed and we read it. So now let's examine it. So in this context, chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, they're letters written to seven different churches. And so the way we are to read that is, yes, these are specific churches in these specific cities during that time. So this is a message geared towards them. But we're also to read it as it applies to the big C church today. So there's something out of all seven of these letters that still apply to us today. So here is where things get a little interesting when you actually slow down and examine it, just versus reading it really fast and moving on. Because I think some of us hear this or we read it before, and we go, okay, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 hot, cold. Okay, don't be lukewarm. I should be hot or cold. Okay, there's, there's a little bit more here. Some of us may have been told thinking hot means for God, this hand, and then being cold is against God. And that we don't want to be lukewarm, but God's saying, I want you to be for me or against me. I would actually argue something different, and let me explain. In Laodicea, they actually had really bad drinking water. They couldn't, the people couldn't drink the water that were there. So it had to come from two different sources, either from the hot springs from Hierapolis nearby that would cool to lukewarm, or it would be cold water from Colossae that would warm to be lukewarm visitors would actually get sick and they would actually throw up their drinking water because lukewarm water is nasty. So hot water would even have medicinal purposes because of the heat and cold water would be refreshing and just kind of a pure source of water. So now knowing that about Laodicea, let's look at it again. So as we look more, we actually see God is saying he'd rather us be hot as we represent Christ to a world that is broken and provide healing also how Jesus has healed us. Or God is saying we can be cold as he refreshes us. We can be a type of refreshment to a world that obviously needs it. We, we all need that. So the church in Laodicea, they were doing neither one of these things. They were compromising on the truth of God's word. They were, frankly, they were embracing sin, and that was the problem. That's how they were being lukewarm. And lukewarm is gross. That's why God says he'd rather us be hot or cold but not lukewarm. And it, this actually makes more sense when you think about it because God would never actually want us to be against him. He's not going to say, I'd rather you be for me, or you can just be anti-me. That wouldn't make sense. That contradicts his character. That would, we can just look to the cross and see everything Jesus has done for us to know. God is wanting us to repent, not wanting anyone to perish. And so that's why he sent his son to come here and live a perfect life, die on the cross, pay the price for our past, present, and future sins, rise from the grave, defeating death and sin, and then he offers us new life in him. That, 
would not make sense for that to be a guy that says, hey, you can be for me, or I guess you could be against me if you want, but don't be lukewarm. Like, no, it's, it doesn't work that way. And so it's a big difference when we actually slow down. I mean, that took like five minutes. And just think about it, read around the chapters, try to look at the context of the book. It can mean a pretty different thing for us as we engage in the Bible. So we've read it, we've examined it, we've applied it, or we haven't applied it yet. We're about to apply it now. So I can't speak of application specifically for this for all of you. And so I'm going to share, as I've been studying it, what I think it personally means for me. So these are kind of the questions that came up, I think God was telling me, is am I carrying myself in a manner that brings healing and refreshment to others? Right? Do I genuinely care for the people around me? And when I speak or post something, am I doing that in a way that's bringing people up? Or is it causing division, division and tearing people down? Or am I compromising on the truth of God's word and living in a lukewarm way? Right? Am I hot or cold in how I carry myself as a Christian? Or would I be more described as lukewarm? That's for me. I can't say that's for you. It might be. There might be similarities there. But I think that's a way I can apply this to my life and, man, just go one day at a time because I'm not going to get it perfect. So we've read it, we've examined it, we've worked through application, and now let's, let's pray about this. God, we know your word is truth. We know it's 100% breathed out by you. You tell us it's for our benefit, for our training and equipping, that it's in an effort to make us complete. God, we're sorry for the times that we just don't spend time with you, that we get distracted, and we just kind of push you off, and we say, we'll get get to you later. We'll kind of give you leftovers. Uh, we, We just ask, Holy Spirit, you would lead us in repentance. We don't need to feel guilt or shame today, Jesus, because of what you've done for us. But if you're gently correcting us in this room or outside of this room or online, like, that's okay. Thank you for loving us enough to discipline us and gently correct us uh, to spend more time with you. May we be a people that are hot or cold, that we can bring healing to others, we can bring refreshment to others, we can portray your image to this world. And just may we not be lukewarm people. And if we are, God, I just ask that we just lay, lay that down today. And so thank you for your word. Would you please open up our hearts and our minds that we can apply this to our lives. And we just want to honor you. We want to glorify you and what we do. Jesus, in your name, amen. So with the guys coming back up here, what I want to do is something we don't normally take time to do for ourselves. We're going to just take a couple minutes here and just be still. So I know there's a lot going on. There's so many anxieties. I mean, for me personally, and I know for many of you, I can attest anxieties and pressure is at an all-time high. It at least feels like it's at an all-time high right now. So whatever posture you need to take, you might want to just sit there, you might want to close your eyes, you might want to open up your hands, you might want to kneel, you might want to stand. Whatever it is, we're going to take a couple minutes, just we want to slow our minds down, and I want to read some scripture over us.
that we'd have time to reflect on the goodness of God, to actually experience the power of his word working through us right now, in this present time. So we're just taking a second here to be still. This might be uncomfortable for you. Your brain might still be racing. Just give it a second. Just breathe in, breathe out. God is giving you that breath right now. You can't even do that on your own. Just give it a few more seconds here. Try to empty your mind. Focus on the Lord. This might be the most time you've been still for the past week or the past month or the past six months. He's designed us to have moments just like this to connect with him and to hear from him. He's there. He's with us at all times. A few more seconds. Maybe take a deep breath that you haven't had in a long time. And listen to these words from God himself just washing over you. For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. 
experience God's word right now being active in your mind, in your heart, giving you a light for where places are dark. You may have come in here completely overloaded with your life. God is still with you. His word is still active inside of you. You may have buried it a little bit, but he can bring it to the top. He can bring it to remembrance for you. In God's presence is the fullness of joy. The abundant life we talk about, the fullness of life, is found in Jesus. It's found in his word. Experience him right now ministering to you. Listen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.